This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. I am talking about genetics and putting research into practice. Um, and I just want to acknowledge that I have received a research grant from Zenerba to do a CBD trial in Fragile X Syndrome, and I will talk about that trial, but I've also received funding from Anavex Life Sciences for a Rett syndrome study, and I will mention that. Um, all right, moving on uh, to next generation sequencing, I have to say that this has been a game changer uh, for people doing clinical work. Um, and part of it is because um, the cost has gone down to do whole exome sequencing or whole genome sequencing. It's now about $1,000 uh, for a test and some insurances cover it. Um, this is particularly important for finding um, gene mutations in individuals with autism or intellectual disability of unknown etiology. Um, usually this is a test that's done after Fragile X DNA testing and um, a CGH array or microarray testing, but uh, there have been a number of individuals uh, who have been positive. It seems like every week there's someone new who's positive for this type of testing. And we work closely with our genetics people here at UC Davis to get this done because oftentimes they have special deals with certain um, companies that do next generation sequencing. Um, let me just figure out how to move forward here. Oh, here we go. Uh, I want to point out um, that the advances leading to clinical practice uh, really have been dependent on um, uh, the advances, um, the human genome uh, advances, uh, understanding of the biology of the gene, uh, using animal models to test out uh, new treatments, and then when the animal models show positive uh, benefits in the animal models, then it gets uh, transferred into human studies. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Now, this is a timeline of progress in genetics um, in terms of ancient history from Mendel, um, including understanding RNA and DNA and the Human Genome Project. This is too busy a slide to go over in my limited time, but I thought it would be a good one to include in here so you can see between 1990 and 2003 how the advances in the Human Genome uh, Project have um, lined up. And this could be studied later when you have more time. But really what I wanna talk about is how the advances in molecular biology and in understanding the mutations in the DNA, how that has led to targeted treatments. And I'm gonna show you some pretty dramatic examples of that. One is progeria. And most of you know about this um, uh, early aging syndrome. Uh, it's very rare, uh, one in 4 million births, um, but it, um, is pretty devastating, leading to heart failure by an average age of about 15 years. It's a single base uh, pathogenetic variant in the Lamin or LMNA gene. It activates a 
cryptic splice site and production of a fernesylated mutant lamin protein called progerin. And I'll show you what progerin does. It intercalates into the inner nuclear membrane and exerts damage to cells as they age. So it causes much more rapid aging. Now, uh, lonafarnib is a, a farnestyl transferase inhibitor. And let me just show you here is how you produce the normal laminate protein. I hope you can see my marker here. Uh, let me know if you can't. But here, when there's a, a mutation in exon 11, this leads to the fact that this uh, uh, farnestylation can't be cleaved, and this leads to an abnormal progesterone protein uh, here in individuals with progeria. Now, what the uh, lonafarnib does is it pre prevents farnestyl uh, the farnestyl transferase, so you don't farnestylate. And when you use this, it prevents the production of this uh, progerin protein, and this really dramatically improves the death rate. Um, and these are pretty exciting studies that came out. There are some things that don't improve, in including the lipodystrophy, the baldness and the joint uh, contractures, um, but it's pretty dramatic what this does. Here's the normal laminate that is in the um, nuclear envelope, and this is what a normal cell will look like. When you produce this progerin, it interferes uh, with the um, nuclear membrane and it gets bumpy like this, causing blebs. Uh, and then with uh, uh, the lonafarnib treatment, uh, it normalizes the nucleus and it blocks this dramatic abnormality that occurs here in the nuclear envelope. So here is the natural history uh, death rate and here is the treated versus untreated uh, patients. Um, and the treatment really does uh, make a difference in terms of um, uh, saving lives. Now, many of you have heard on your email, I think I get an email a day talking about spinal muscular atrophy treatment. Um, and this is Rizdeplin. Um, I don't know why they do such crazy names. It seems like it's missing vowels, but the Eversidae for uh, spinal muscular atrophy and this is a pre-messenger RNA splicing modifier of the SMN2. It increases the level of the functional SMN protein. So it is pretty significant treatment for this disorder, particularly SMA types 1, 2, and 3. Um, and it's good in adults and children from ages two months and older. Here are two studies that talk about uh, significant improvement in life and uh, needing a lack of ventilation. And it's a powder that the families mix daily and it must be given within five minutes after being drawn up and it's given orally and after a meal. So this is a pretty exciting advance too 
that you can listen to the video that uh, goes out on the internet on a regular basis to most doctors. I want to talk about the advances in Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. This is just uh, Veltolarsen or Veltespo for Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. This is an antisense oleonucleotide that binds to exon 53, a very common site uh, for mutations. Um, and it results in excluding this exon uh, uh, in the messenger RNA. So it's an exon skipping drug. Uh, but also I talked to um, the head of our um, uh, 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 PMNR department here. And he is starting actually three new gene therapy trials for Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. And he says that there's about five of these different exon skipping drugs that are now available for Duchenne's. So Duchenne's is moving pretty quickly into gene therapy trials. Now, for all of you who know me, I can't give a talk about targeted treatments without talking about fragile X syndrome. Uh, but I um, want to talk about some of the new targeted treatments that are helpful for other disorders. And of course, Fragile X syndrome is a full mutation leading to uh, a lack of the Fragile X protein or FMRP. And then the pre-mutation disorders um, include early menopause or FAXPOI, the Fragile X-associated tremor ataxia syndrome or FAXTAS, which is a neurodegenerative disorder, and also FAXAN, which is Fragile X-associated neuropsychiatric disorders, including depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive behavior, chronic fatigue, chronic pain. And this is related to the pre-mutation or 55 to 200 that does just the opposite of Fragile X syndrome, produces too much messenger RNA, but usually adequate levels of FMRP. So these Fragile X disorders, you will definitely see in your clinical practice because pre-mutation disorders are about one in 200 in females and about one in 400 in males. Uh, Fragile X syndrome is about one in 5,000 in the general population. And uh, these can occur even in childhood and uh, throughout adulthood and facts TAS is an aging syndrome, usually starts in the 50s or 60s. So this is just showing some tremor imbalance problems with um, an intention tremor, and then there's inclusions uh, in FAX-TAS, and then there's white matter disease. You can see here the middle cerebellar peduncles. Um, and FAXTAS, of course, is related to the RNA toxicity, usually doesn't have a resting tremor, although in about 25% of the resting tremor. Uh, we can stop the video and go on to the next one. So there are treatments for premutation carriers. Uh, usually we use an SSRI for the anxiety or depression, exercise. We... Um, there's supplements that can reduce oxidative stress. Um, you can treat the high blood pressure or hypothyroidism, which are quite common in carriers. Also treat the sweet sleep apnea. Avoid, uh, avoid toxins like excessive alcohol, smoking, opioids, 
pesticides, insecticides, even general anesthesia and cognitive stimulation, very important. Next slide. But I want to talk about this new targeted treatment called Anavex 2-73. It's a sigma-1 agonist whose receptors are between the endoplasmic reticulum and the mitochondrial axis membrane. This is called the MAM. It normalizes mitochondrial function. It reduces oxidative stress. It uh, helps to normalize the calcium dysregulation that occurs in FAXTAS and many other disorders. It also decreases neuroinflammation. Next slide. So this is another picture of the MAM. So it helps with um, the mitochondria and the endoplasmic reticulum. And many disorders have mitochondrial dysfunction, calcium dysregulation, and inflammation, but it also enables neuroprotection and stimulates neurogenesis. And they have positive data in Alzheimer's, in Parkinson's disease dementia. They just reported their data in that, and it helps that dementia. And we carried out a trial in Rett syndrome and it significantly helps Rett syndrome. Next slide. Uh, so it also is helpful for the animal models of Fragile X syndrome, uh, a variety of epilepsies, multiple sclerosis in addition to Parkinson's disease. Um, uh, next slide. This is the phase two treatment study in Rett syndrome with Anavex. And it was helpful for, this was a controlled trial in adults with uh, Rett syndrome that was carried out at our center at the Mind and many other centers. And it significantly improved the Rett syndrome behavior questionnaire and the CGII or clinical global improvement uh, scale, as you can see here, compared to placebo. Next slide. So it's going on to a phase three study in Rett syndrome, but it will, excuse me, it will also initiate studies in other neurodevelopmental syndromes. Um, the Anavex Life Sciences Company uh, is running a protocol through for um, FAXTAS and also for Fragile X syndrome. So besides Rett syndrome, it should also help uh, these other two disorders. And we're very excited about starting an Anavex study in both Fragile X syndrome and in FAXTAS. Uh, hopefully this will start by the summer this year. Again, improving mitochondrial function, calcium dysregulation, and helping to decrease inflammation. I would um, think that in the near future, it will probably be tried in autism uh, spectrum disorders. Next slide. So I want to get on to other targeted treatments in Fragile X syndrome. And as you know, many with Fragile X have unusual hand mannerisms or hand stereotypies, poor eye contact, hand biting, as seen in these three brothers here with Fragile X syndrome. Next slide. Uh, we know that in Fragile X syndrome, they have overactivity to sensory stimuli, as do many individuals with uh, autism spectrum disorders. And this just shows electrodermal studies in normals here 
with repetitive stimuli and these vertical markers. And in Fragile X syndrome, you can see that habituation does not occur or the normalizing of uh, sensory response as measured by sweat here, and they can escalate in their behavior. And this is thought to relate to the GABA deficits. Next slide. And so we also know that FMRP deficits occur in other disorders besides Fragile X syndrome. They occur in schizophrenia, even without a Fragile X mutation. They occur with hypoxia and also with repetitive seizures, particularly in autism, neurofibromatosis, and tuberous sclerosis. In addition to premutation involvement and seizures can lower the level of FMRP at the synapse. Next slide. So some of these targeted treatments that we talk about for Fragile X syndrome may be helpful for many other disorders. Now in Fragile X, there's too much glutamate, uh, particularly through the mglur 5 pathway. There's too little GABA, the inhibitory uh, neurotransmitter in the brain. And there's also lowered levels of cyclic AMP, um, which are the energy um, compounds in the neurons um, there's also enhanced oxidative stress and problem with dopaminergic pathways. Next slide. So the targeted treatments that we look at are to lower the mglur 5 pathway seen here, including this mTOR branch. Uh, we know that minocycline can improve uh, or lower the levels of MMP9. Our baclofen is a GABA agonist that's going to be retried now in Fragile X syndrome, along with other GABA agonists. Next slide. The uh, mglur 5 antagonist like AFQ056 was not helpful in adults, but we are in the process of a controlled trial in young children with Fragile X syndrome called the Fragile X Learn trial. And the results of this will be available next year. It will com be completed. Uh, in the fall or early spring of next year. So we're very excited to see what this mglur 5 antagonist can do in young kids, even though it was not efficacious in adults with Fragile X syndrome. Next slide. So I wanna talk for a few minutes about metformin, another targeted treatment for Fragile X. Uh, this is a type two diabetes medication. It's called a glucophage because it lowers glucose or eats glucose. Uh, it activates um, the um, uh, AMPK enzyme, uh, which um, stimulates the mitochondria. And it also lowers the mTOR pathway, uh, the PI3 kinase, AKT mTOR pathway that links up with that mglur 5 pathway. Next slide. And that's why it's a targeted treatment for Fragile X syndrome. But it's also a very old medication, even in the uh, papyrus used in the time of the pharaohs in Egypt. It was written about uh, because it can be obtained from the French lilac seen here. And it's helpful not only for type two diabetes, next slide, but it has a number of different benefits. Um, uh, we tried it in individuals who are overweight first that had this Prader-Willi phenotype of Fragile X associated with obesity and hyperphagia. 
along with uh, others who were not obese. And it was quite helpful in individuals with Fragile X syndrome in this open label trial of, I think about seven patients. It's been shown to eliminate Fragile X features in the animal models, including the Drosophila and the mouse. Uh, next slide. And this just shows some of the other benefits. It actually lowers glucose in the bloodstream. That helps with um, uh, vascular disease in the brain too. Uh, it lowers inflammation. It also lowers growth promoting uh, compounds like VEGF. And that's why it's an anti-tumor drug. So it can be preventative for cancers like breast cancer, um, actually all of the female cancers, it can be preventative for. In other words, uh, it has a protective effect. It helps with prostate cancer. It's being studied very heavily in individuals with various types of cancer. It also lowers your blood pressure. Next slide. Believe it or not, it also helps with COVID. Uh, this is a lecture that you can get online. It actually uh, lowers hospitalization rates, 65% uh, reduction on the ventilator, 42% reduction in ARDS, probably because it lowers inflammation. Next slide. So it has a variety of positive effects in general for the general population. Uh, I even take metformin to lower my blood glucose, help my hemoglobin A1C, and help me to not get breast cancer or other female cancers. We're doing a control trial of metformin and Fragile X that's funded by the Israeli Foundation for individuals 6 to 25 years old. We will be enrolling until uh, June of this year, so we are in our third year and we should have preliminary results in the fall or early spring. And we've used very good outcome measures, including language sampling developed by Len Abadudo, the, the NIH toolbox modified for looking at uh, cognitive benefits in individuals with um, intellectual disability, including Fragile X and Down syndrome. Uh, David Hessel at the Mind Institute has modified this NIH toolbox. We're looking at re event-related potentials and eye tracking with the Toby eye tracker and also with molecular biomarkers. So if you have anybody between, uh, well, actually, we've upped the age to 35 now. So six to 35 years old with Fragile X syndrome, send them our way and we'll enroll them in this four-month controlled trial of metformin and then they would go on metformin for sure at the end of the study. Next slide. So for those under six, we published an open label study showing that it helped early development in those ages two to seven years of age who could not do the controlled trial, but they had a benefit in developmental progress compared to published uh, developmental scores in Fragile X syndrome. Next slide. We think it particularly boosts language. We have also shown it can help with those who are overweight. And we've published two individuals that had improvement in IQ, whereas most individuals with Fragile X syndrome, the IQ declines with age. Next slide. So we're feeling very positive about metformin. 
I think it will be tried in individuals with ASD, particularly those that look a lot like Fragile X or have upregulation in the mTOR pathway. Uh, we did a trial of trophenotide, um, which is a component of growth hormone. It's this tail end of growth hormone called glypromate or um, GPE. And this in the animal models, uh, lowered ERK and AKT biomarkers in the knockout mouse model. Next slide. It was helpful in our preliminary study in Fragile X syndrome. It was most helpful at the 70 milligram per kilogram dose. Um, and these are in individuals 14 to 40 years old with Fragile X syndrome over 42 days of treatment. The highest dose was most effective. Uh, next slide. Then it was tried um, in Rett syndrome and it was found to be most efficacious in the dose of 200 milligram per kilogram twice a day. And in fact, some individuals at this dose with Rett syndrome started talking when they hadn't been talking for years. So it's a very exciting treatment in Rett syndrome. There's, uh, this paper is published, but they're starting a new trial at this high dose. Next slide. We participated in, um, uh, uh, or we are participating in the new Rett syndrome study, but this just shows compared to placebo, it, ha it had significant effects in the Rett syndrome behavior questionnaire, uh, also in the Rett syndrome domain-specific visual analog scale, and in the CGII. So it will probably be quite efficacious in another trial, and then it should receive FDA approval. Uh, next slide. This just shows uh, how much benefit they had at study day 54 at the 200 milligram per kilogram compared to placebo. Uh, next slide. So I'm going to shift gears now and talk about CBD. Uh, and I've had many individuals with CBD uh, uh, with, uh, with Fragile X syndrome go on over-the-counter CBD preparations. This is just one example of that. But Zenerva makes this topical ointment that you rub on the shoulders twice a day. It does not have any THC in it. Um, and THC is more problematic and can cause uh, psychotic symptoms sometimes in childhood and does not have good effects in childhood. Next slide. Uh, CBD enhances the body's endogenous endocannabinoids, including anandamide, also called AEA, and also uh, 2-AG. This increases. Next slide. And this is a complicated slide, but it shows that 2-AG and uh, AEA are produced postsynaptically. Then they're released. They're picked up by the uh, cannabinoid receptor one in the neuron. And then what it does is it can block neurotransmitter release. It can also affect the microglia and lower inflammation. And it also impacts the astrocytes here. Next slide. But CBD has a number of different effects. This just shows that it affects the PPAR GABA, 
which blocks pro-inflammatory pathways. And it's also directly anti-inflammatory by lowering these levels. It improves mitochondrial function here, and that reduces reactive oxygen species. CBD also blocks the effects of THC, including the tendency to have uh, psychotic thinking. Um, uh, It helps with adenosine transport. Uh, It has a variety of other effects, even on the um, 5-HT1A receptor. But these pro-inflammatory and positive effects on the mitochondria uh, are very important. um, And we're learning more about all the other pathways that CBD can affect. Next slide. So um, the CONNECTS Fragile X study was done looking at 12 weeks of treatment compared to placebo in those with Fragile X. So this was 12 weeks of a control trial, and then they have gone on open label. And the results in Fragile X syndrome, next slide, has shown that it was most helpful uh, for those that were fully methylated with Fragile X syndrome. And there it showed uh, a significant effect on irritability, and a significant effect on socially unresponsive behavior. Um, It was uh, close to significance on social avoidance, although in the full analysis group, it it didn't show really overall significant effects. But in the parent rating for those that were fully methylated on the CGII, it helped with social avoidance, social interaction, and disruptive behavior. So they brought this data to the FDA, but the FDA said, well, you got to do another study in Fragile X syndrome looking at those that are fully methylated. Now, why the group that includes those who were mosaic didn't show significant benefits overall, but those that were fully methylated showed at least um, the CGII and... um, the uh, ABC scores showing some benefit. We don't really know. It could be that those that were mosaic had elevated message or some other effects that wasn't uh, 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 salient, Um, but they found a molecular subgroup, those that are fully methylated, which is about 60 to 80%, uh, depending on what study you look at, um, that are fully methylated. Next slide. So there are lowered levels of the endocannabinoids in autism spectrum disorder. So studies of CBD in ASD are now being carried out because um, the CBD can boost the levels of the natural endocannabinoids along with all the direct effects of CBD, including inflammation. Next slide. This is one open label study that Zenerba did in individuals ages three to 17 years old with ASD and 57% were much improved or very much improved on the CGII without significant side effects. And on the ABC subscales, there was overall benefit. Of course, this is an open label study 
And now they're launching into a controlled trial. Next slide. But CBD has been shown to be helpful for various forms of epilepsy. All of you are familiar with Dravet syndrome and Lennox-Gastaut. So it's been approved in the form of Epidiolex, um, specifically for those seizure disorders. Uh, there's other solutions. There's a CBD oral solution put out by this company. Uh, the Zenerba company, as I mentioned, is doing uh, a, um, uh, an epilepsy study also. But GW Pharma has a variant of CBD called CBDV uh, that they're doing a phase three trial on now for epilepsy. And this will... Um, uh, launch into a phase three trial in uh, ASD. Uh, so you will be hearing more about CBDV. Next slide. I think they'll eventually do a CBDV study in Fragile X syndrome. Now, CBD can help with neurodegenerative disorders uh, because it stimulates uh, the CBD, uh, the CBD2. Uh, receptor, which decreases reactive oxygen species. Um, it uh, can help with cytokines and chemokines and lower inflammation. It also has some neuroprotective effects uh, by upregulating BDNF, um, uh, nerve growth factor, uh, GDNF and CDNF. So it has some very important neuroprotective effects also. So you will probably be seeing it studied more in neurodegenerative disorders. Next slide. One that has been studied is Parkinson's disease, and it was helpful in Parkinson's disease. I want to shift gears and talk about the Tetra drug which did a phase two trial. This drug is called BD, I'm sorry, BPN14770. And this is a, a phosphodiesterase allosteric inhibitor or a PDE4D inhibitor, which blocks the enzyme that breaks down cyclic AMP. Now cyclic AMP is too low in Fragile X, and so this medication can upregulate cyclic AMP in Fragile X syndrome. And it was studied in 30 adults with Fragile X syndrome, ages 18 to 41. It was a controlled crossover trial with each period lasting 12 weeks. The problem is it had a carryover effect. And so the analysis of only the first 12 weeks was carried out, and it was very exciting because this NIH toolbox that I mentioned that David Hessel pictured here modified for using in those with intellectual disability, including Fragile X and other disorders. So within that 12 weeks, it had a significant effect in oral reading recognition, picture vocabulary, crystallized composite score for overall cognition, and the caregiver ratings showed a benefit in language and a benefit in daily functioning. So they will start a study in both childhood and in adulthood in Fragile X syndrome. This will be carried out at multiple centers um, and it'll start in this coming summer. 
so this is a very exciting med. Um, it's one of the first after metformin, which could enhance cognition, although we have to see the metformin results in a controlled trial this fall. But for a controlled trial, this is a particularly exciting result. So we hope to open enrollment for this study in the summer. Next slide. There will be future trials in both Fragile X syndrome and in autism spectrum disorder. Bumetanide, which was helpful in Europe, uh, particularly France, but other places in Europe, uh, that reduces excitatory GABA signaling early on. And the preliminary studies show, that particularly with um, repetitive behavior in the latest study, uh, the Springers et al. 2020 study, uh, at least repetitive behavior was significantly improved compared to controls. The pharma company called Allos bought Arbaclofen, which is this GABA agonist that didn't show efficacy in adults, um, but um, that bankrupted uh, the company that had it a few years ago, Seaside Therapeutics, but now it, was, it went with autism spectrum, um, uh, uh, autism speaks, excuse me. And they carried out some autism studies, but now it's gone back to Allos Pharma that wants to study it both in Fragile X syndrome and in autism spectrum disorders. This will help a subgroup of Fragile X. I've had some families that told me this was the best drug their child ever had. And they were extremely disappointed when Seaside Therapeutics went bankrupt. Um, but uh, it'll come back again. So will the Zenerba study of CBD and those that have a full mutation that is fully methylated. Um, so there are a variety of new trials uh, for older drugs that will start later on this year. Next slide. I want to tell everybody that um, stem cell and gene therapy is coming sooner rather than later. Uh, I think stem cell therapy will start for Rett syndrome uh, later on this year. Um, uh, I was approached by two drug companies and we'll develop a Rett syndrome clinic through PMNR that will do um, uh, an AAV virus with an MECP2 gene in it that will be injected into the spinal fluid. Uh, this will be through the PMNR clinic. Um, uh, linked to the MIND Institute here at UC Davis. Um, but we have a variety of speakers that are gonna talk uh, this September 24th and 25th about a variety of targeted treatments and uh, gene therapy and stem cell therapy uh, for neurodevelopmental disorders. So come and link into um, the um, conference uh, if you email me, I can give you uh, the website. It's also on the Mind Institute website. So we're really excited. Uh, gene therapy will start sooner rather than later uh, for uh, Rett syndrome. And I bet next year or the year after they'll start one in Fragile X syndrome. So we're excited about gene therapy uh, for more than one neurodevelopmental disorder. So this is the wave of the future, both targeted treatments and gene therapy. Mm -hmm.
You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.